So, take your Bibles, please, and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. want to just kind of gather our thoughts on this. There's, we, we need to see something here uh, tonight. We, we have a position and we need some insight on that position. Okay, we heard, you know, we're looking at God's Word this morning and we recognize that when it comes to Satan, we need to be sober about him. Now, we're going to be looking serious with the Scripture, Lord willing, next week. But we, we need to recognize, okay, we saw our enemy. We recognize that. We are in enemy territory. How do we live? Well, this will touch somewhat on it. I hope and pray that it's a blessing. Right now, uh, the blessing I'm enjoying is this. I thank God for the person that, by God's grace, invented air conditioning. That's all. There, there, there we are. So tonight, what's that? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we're, 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 Peter, are you there? Where are you? Oh, there you are. Yeah. Just, just to let you know, Peter is flying out. And today it's 115 in Phoenix. And I'm smiling because I'm not stationed there anymore, working the flight line, all that good stuff. Oh, boy. But seriously, the, the, the topic, the, the title of the message tonight is Christ's Ambassadors. How and why? How and why? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would guide in your Scripture. Lord, help us to grasp a little bit more about why we are here and how we are to conduct ourselves. Lord, help us not to be, by your grace, help us not to be discouraged when we look at ourselves, but recognize that you are the power that we live by. And so, again, by your grace, help us to hear that we are indeed ambassadors. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's start at verse 13. As always, we're catching, when you get like this, we're, we're catching Paul in mid-thought. But this is a good place to start. In verse 13, 2 Corinthians 5, for whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. There's a reason to emphasize that. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, 
If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When I get into a passage like this, one of the things that I really want to do is, is, a, is a word study. I just, I, I love doing that, but we're not going to be doing that tonight. This is not going to be super in-depth, but we're going to take words at face value, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and, and recognize just what our place is. We've got to ask ourselves, what is an ambassador? Paul said, we are ambassadors. Well, an ambassador, bottom line, basically simplified, is an authorized representative of a sovereign. The God of heaven, listen, the God of heaven looks at those who have trusted Christ, who have given themselves to his son. He looks and says, you are now my ambassador. There's learning to be done. There's study. There's growth to be had. But the point is, we are ambassadors. There's one other place in our Bible that the word ambassador is used. It's in Ephesians 6, verse 18. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, this, he's asking, this, this is what I want you to pray, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds. So he tells the church at Ephesus, listen, I'm in, the, I'm in prison, but I'm an ambassador for Christ. Pray for me on this. But then to the church at Corinth, he says, guess what? We are ambassadors. You are an ambassador. I remember reading a story about a man by the name of Joe Kennedy. He's had a few famous sons that you might have heard of. Joseph Kennedy Sr. is one of the wealthiest men in the United States. In the 20s, he reportedly made a fortune bootlegging liquor. Seriously. And in fact, John R. Rice would say that's the reason why his family suffered so much because he made so many families suffer. And God said, you reap what you sow. In 1938, he was appointed the ambassador from the United States to Britain. 
He was involved high society. He hung, you know, with people that were involved with the royal family, even the royal family themselves. But he had another problem. He was an admirer of Nazi Germany. And I'm sure some of you have read about this. He was an admirer of Nazi Germany and advised the U.S., in fact, to remain neutral in the conflict regarding Germany and the rest of Europe. He made no secret about it. As Hitler became more powerful, in fact, he, Joseph Kennedy, announced he can conquer all of Europe. Well, that's not the right thing to say to our allies. Britain was feeling the pressure when uh, Dunkirk was evacuated. London was being bombarded. And Hitler planned on Britain being the next to fall. But Joseph Kennedy, being an admirer of Hitler and Nazi Germany, was the ambassador of the United States to Britain. That's what's called a problem. A problem. And his opposition of America joining the war Not only did he irritate and upset Winston Churchill, he also did the same thing to President Roosevelt. In December 1940, he was removed from the office, recalled, and that was it for his work in that kind of line in being an ambassador. Now stop and think about it. Is it possible that there are at times Christians that are being a Joseph Kennedy and not an Apostle Paul when it comes to being an ambassador for Christ? Just think about it. Just think about it. Now here's something that is really interesting. In the Roman Empire, of which Paul was part of, in the Roman Empire... There were two types of provinces. There was a senatorial province and an imperial province. The senatorial province, well, those were made up of people who were peaceful. They didn't want to go to war. They were not at war with Rome. They surrendered. They submitted. Everything's good. That is the, what they call the senatorial province. But the imperial provinces were not peaceful. They were dangerous. There were those in the imperial provinces that desired to rebel against Rome. They wanted to cast them off. So it was necessary, now get the connection, it was necessary for Rome to send an ambassador to the imperial provinces. They were there to make sure, the ambassador was there to make sure that rebellion did not break out. Now the Apostle Paul knows this. He's a citizen of Rome. And he's writing to 
believers. And he says, we are ambassadors. Question, why? Answer, because this world is in rebellion against God. We are here for the purpose of getting these people to recognize God has conquered. He reigns as king. One day he's coming here to reign, but meanwhile, do not rebel against God. He gave his son for you. You need to trust in his son. The world is in rebellion. It is an imperial province as far as God is concerned. When the Holy Spirit directed Paul to use this wording, he was doing it for a reason. And so when the Apostle Paul, in writing to God's people, including us, says we're ambassadors, that tells us something. That tells us about what we ought to do, the how and the why. It tells us the kind of world that we live in. Larry, the, um, the state fair is going on right now, right? Would you consider that the state fair is a godly enterprise? No. Would you say that there's probably some pretty good examples of some godless activity going on there? Most definitely. This is why we sing, this world is not our home. This is it. So, you know, when you consider this, now, now you know, the Lord had talked about, you know, I didn't come to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. There's going to be some activity taking place here. But he did say things like this, in John 20, 21, then said Jesus to them again, to his disciples, peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. He's here for a reason for what's going on. 2 Corinthians 4, 5, Paul, again, to the church at Corinth, added this, for we preach not ourselves. We're not the king. We're the ambassador. But Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Think of it. If sinners reject what we're saying, it's Jesus Christ who's being rejected. We are the ambassador. Spoke to a, uh, a sheriff's Deputy Sheriff this afternoon, oh, my soul, I hope he comes. I let him know, you know, we support them. We fly the Blue Lives Matter flag and, and all that. We want this world to know that we are here for their benefit. We're not just here pointing fingers and talking about their sin. We were born in sin. Praise God we've been delivered from sin. Amen? <laughs> for that reason. We have a message for them, but we are not here to pat them on the back when it comes to their sin. We're here representing the sinless one. 
So I want to show you several things real quick, seriously, real quick, but just because there's so much that you can pick out just from the words that are here in 2 Corinthians 5. There's so much that's there. If Keep up with it as best as you can. First of all, we're looking at verse 20 that we just read this. This is our mandate. This is our mandate. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. The fact is, it's a, it's a fact, excuse me, it's a fact stated. We are. There's no question about it. There's no question about it. The question really is how effective we are. Are we known as being a Christian? Are we known as being his representative? I, you know, I, 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 I praise God for this. I mean, I, you know, Lord, help us to have the testimony that we ought to have. But I enjoy it when there's a neighbor that I see that we have that uh, maybe they've moved in. I don't, you know, I haven't had a chance to talk to them yet. We've got some neighbors right now that I'm so wanting to reach. Just some new neighbors right next door. But somebody walks by and says, hey, Pastor Mike, didn't know they knew, but I'm glad they know. I hope and pray I represent my Lord well. I hope and pray that we, you know, that we all do. We represent again, Christ to the world. Now that means we are not of this world. We're already told that. We are citizens of another country. We have an honored position to be in this place representing that place. We haven't been to that place yet, but we are citizens of that place. We were talking about missions. I, and I remember my wife and I, we got to, to visit one of the churches that was tied in India. We got to visit one of the churches that was tied to William Carey and his ministry. I, I, I found this. This is fascinating. William Carey was serving the Lord in India for many years. He became concerned about the attitude of his son, Felix. I thought this was good. The young man had promised to become a missionary, but he reneged on his vow when he was appointed, listen, ambassador to Burma by the Queen of England. Carey wrote to a friend asking prayer for his son with these words, quote, pray for Felix. He has degenerated into an ambassador of the British government when he should be serving the King of Kings. I would say William Carey was dead on. So we've got a mandate. Secondly, look at verse 14, if you would. There's a meaning to this mandate. Look at verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us. In other words, it presses in on every side. Now stop and think. When we operate in this world, when we are here, we recognize that we're here because of the love of Christ. It goes on to say, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. In other words, then all died. 
this, you, you go back to Romans 6 to really understand all this. But let's, let's put it this way. When, when Christ died, we already know this from Scripture. When Christ died, we died in him and we died with him. I am crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20. So the old life should have no hold on us. What is in us is Christ. Christ liveth in me. Look at verse 15 now. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. That means, it, it means on the behalf of or in the place of. Just as he died for all, we who are part of those who died, now we live for him. S somebody put it this way. Christ died our death for us that we might live his life for him. Now stop and think about that. Did Christ die in our place? Yes, he did. Now he says, so send I you. Why? Because he went to heaven, he rose to heaven, and he intercedes for us now. But he promises us his presence. He gave us the spirit. Now we are here in his place. We are ambassadors. Let that sink in. An ambassador, remember, Paul is saying, look, I know this. I know what an ambassador is. I live in this time. <clears throat> an ambassador is in a place that is in rebellion. He is there to make sure that that rebellion does not grow. Has the rebellion in this world grown? We were told it would happen. But there are places where ambassadors are that can do the job to get people around us to recognize just how good the coming king is and how his judgment is already at work. So there's the meaning for that. Look at verse 13 where we started. The method, I love this. Paul says, for whether we beside, be beside ourselves, <laughs> it is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. So I look at Brad and I think of whether we be beside ourselves. Just kidding, Brad. This is what he's saying. You know, if you consider us out of our minds, see, Brad, I don't really think this. If you think us out of our minds, hey, it's because this is how we're living for God. This, this is what we are here. The world looks at us and thinks we're nuts. You don't go after the things that we go after. You know, you, you don't desire the things that we desire. Have you ever had somebody offer you a drink and then you say, no thanks, and you see their response? You know, it just, I remember the time that when I was in the Air Force and somebody wanted me to smoke pot. I said, no, 
No, that's, that's okay. Hey, it's all right, man. I understand. That's really great. And then I rode with him in the car, and all the windows were up, and I might as well have done it because I was breathing that stuff like crazy. Don't ask me. This is, this, somebody put it like this. This is whatever it takes, Christianity. This is who we are. We must seek. Bottom line, we must seek to think like the country that we represent. That's why this morning I thought, you know, this is where we need to start. We need to be sober about our enemy. We need to be sober about it. We need to be serious about the Scripture. Thus saith the Lord. Again, Genesis 3 Matthew 4. The Lord showed us in Matthew 4, it is written. That's how you confront the enemy that came in Genesis 3. So we are sober-minded about Satan. Now we are looking on Sunday mornings to be serious-minded about the Scripture. But meanwhile, we are to be thinking like the country we represent, and this is how we get that it is from God's word. We're talking about not a worldly view, but a Christian world view. And then there's our message. There's our message. I, I, I read this some time ago, and I thought this was, this was neat. When it comes to us representing heaven, I thought this, this is good. And this is why I love this church. You know, just, I, I love the local church. There was an ambassador to a foreign country that said this, you've invited me to tell you about the duties of an ambassador, one of our ambassadors to a foreign country. He says, let me begin by telling you, first of all, of the embassy, the place where we live. The embassy is a little spot of America set down in an alien land. On the walls, we have pictures of George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson, and the President of the United States. We have a big flag, Old Glory, that's high over everything. When we had prohibition in the United States, we had prohibition in the embassy. Inside the embassy, the laws of our own country are supreme. We celebrate Christmas, Thanksgiving, the 4th of July. Outside, it is different. We celebrate none of these things. Let me repeat, the embassy is a little spot of America in an alien land. Folks, local church, which is made up of a body of believers, not necessarily a building, but the local church is an embassy. It's made up of ambassadors. And here we celebrate a risen Savior. The world might not, but we do. And here we celebrate separation from sin. Here we celebrate a coming King. That's why 
The local church is so important. That's why it's worth praying for. It's worth supporting. It's worth praying for the preacher because the preacher needs prayer. We each need prayer. And all God's people said, because we are in a foreign land, we are here at the behest of our king. We're representing him in a place that hates him. So think about it. When Paul said, we are ambassadors, it wasn't just a thing where we slap a a badge on and, you know, welcome, my name is Mike. How can I help you? It's more than that. It's much more. When it comes to the message we are to bring, and I'm almost done, we come to people with something that once they recognize the damage and the damning of their sin, they can rejoice in what our king has given them. There's a new beginning. Look at verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This is what an ambassador tells somebody that ought to be an ambassador, that can be an ambassador. Look at verse 18. Not only is there a new beginning, there's a new relationship. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. You, sir, can not only trust Christ as Savior and have your sins cleansed and be promised a home in heaven, you can be an ambassador. But not only that, there's a new freedom. Doesn't matter if you live in Florida or California. We are free in Christ. Look at verse 19, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. I got to thinking a couple of days ago, I, I, I don't know, just, you know, with everything changing the way it is, I thought, you know, I wonder when's going to come the time that somebody is going to do their best to try to destroy the, uh, the actual Declaration of Independence and the Constitution in Washington. Somebody go in there and try to set a bomb off or do it. That, that would really be hard. I understand that. I'm so glad that God's word is written from heaven. Nobody going to be able to break in. Nobody going to be able to ruin it. The words are eternal because the word is eternal. There's also a new possession. Look at verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, you get saved, and you're learning the word. Like Brother Mike was talking about this morning, discipleship. You're, you're, you're learning just what you are here. And the more you learn, the more you recognize, my soul, this is an amazing position to be in. The ministry of reconciliation. I'm sure, I know 
that you have thought about this before. You can send somebody to years of medical school and they start working on the body to help it last a few years longer. Maybe even walk a little better. Make the heart pump a little longer. But you take somebody that has Christ as Savior, and if they only have an eighth grade education or less, but they can talk and read and share, that individual can see somebody come to an eternal state of going to, you know, going to heaven. They're not going to hell. They're not going to be damned for eternity. That is an ambassador. And that is a joy. What's the motive for us? We need to sometimes stop and think about that. Again, for the love of Christ constrains us. It urges us. It compels us. And again, gives us the ministry of reconciliation. What a joy it is to have what we have as an ambassador. We're here. Brother Harold is going to be joining the church soon. He's going to be meeting with Brother Whiteside. And uh, I'm glad. I'm looking forward to it. Harold is going to be a Christian school teacher, otherwise known as a very interesting, serious, difficult position. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Harold, it's interesting to think. Every day you're going to be standing in front of teenagers. To some, you're a brother in Christ. To others, you're an ambassador. Every day, day in, day out. That's fascinating. That's something to pray for. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be an ambassador. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be mindful of the position that we have in Thee. Lord, we're so thankful that we don't do it alone. We're so thankful that we have Your Holy Spirit with us, Your Word to teach us, and You to guide us. Lord, as we know that this world is not our home, still you have us here to be a representative of you in a rebellious land. Lord, I pray that we would be all that we ought to be as ambassadors in this place. And we pray this in our Savior's name. Amen.